third of three podcasts, Barbara Laskin continues her conversation with our NAC dance producer, Kathy Levy. Happy listening. Kathy, I want to talk about another another of your challenges because it really is about sort of fielding all of these challenges and balancing all of these you things. You ask what and I do all day. Juggling. Well, I think we're getting a very good idea of what you do, yeah. actually, and all the different judgment calls that you have to make all the time. Um, another one that I know is a big challenge is it's the whole question of diversity. It's the it's the growing diversity of the of the public of the Canadian public, the audience. It's the fact that, um, you know, you yourself said that dance is sort of drawing from more and more influences all the time, Um, all kinds of different forms from street dance to, you know, whatever, uh, hip hop, uh, all of these things. How do you cope with it? Such an interesting dilemma. Oh, my gosh. Um, Perhaps the subject of another whole discussion. Well, I guess the... I, how do you cope with it? You have to be sensitive to it. And that's difficult because what I try to think I'm doing, what I, what I think I'm doing is bringing work by and large that is resonant. Mm-hmm. And so I try to see work that comes from as many different traditions as possible but if it's not resonant for me, I don't invite it. Okay. And I sometimes get criticized for that. Mm-hmm. For example, I'm much more touched and moved by Akram Khan doing traditional work than some of our own South Asian artists in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not an expert. I just know my experience in the audience. I know my experience as a viewer. And so I make a choice around work that I feel is powerful and strong. I don't present a lot of traditional uh, South Asian work. Mm -hmm. I don't present a lot of traditional Aboriginal work. Mm -hmm. But I do think that supporting artists from different cultural leanings – I'm not talking about hip-hop. I'm talking about traditional forms – South Asian dance, um, flamenco, flamenco, tango, um, mm-hmm. Aboriginal, traditional Aboriginal work. The artists who are more and more in Canada and abroad working with those roots in the areas of contemporary expression, I think that's and I, I, yes. a real place that I can that I can bring those artists to the fore. Yeah. And I think probably where you have the greatest chance of finding a wider audience, eh? Because you're you're appealing to people who perhaps know the forms as well as to your uh, traditional in quotes <clears throat> audience uh who's coming to see experimental work and is delighted to see the references to other cultures that perhaps they weren't familiar with. Do you remember in uh, about 10 years ago, maybe even 15 years ago, yeah, it has to be more than that because I've been here for 10 years, uh, there was a big uh, issue um, around the Canadian community about cultural appropriation. Oh, And heaven yes. forbid there oh, should my. be yes. a Western choreographer. I remember 
Karen Jameson doing yes. working with Aboriginal artists and being slammed. Yes, and Linda Rabin also, oh, yes. and and others. You know, very strong female Western choreographers. Uh, using references from work that perhaps wasn't their own native culture in their work. And and I found that such an interesting debate. I mean, who owns this movement? Um, and and I, I don't know the answer to that except to know that thankfully now, because of the way the community has grown and developed and been funded, there are a, a much uh, – there is a much more healthy blend of people coming out of those um, communities as well as – God forbid, Westerners working in those communities mm-hmm. so that the playing field has broadened to yes. a great degree. Yes. Um, and, you know, I I think that if I'm going to bring Celia and Sadu from Africa or Ronald K. Brown, an African-American, I don't want those to be the only shows that the black population in Ottawa comes to. But I certainly recognize that when I bring work of a particular heritage an audience that feels that that work is speaking to them in ways that other work might not be, that audience comes. It and shows up of more, course. Than, more than for the other work. And I think that that's very mm-hmm. interesting. And so... It, Have it, you been able to keep some of that specialized audience? Have you been able to bring them to other things? I hope so. I mean, again, this is more... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not empirical evidence. It's mm-hmm. more... Uh, anecdotal. Anecdotal, thank you. Anecdotal evidence. Mm-hmm. Um but I do feel that um, more, almost as importantly as that, am I bringing this audience to other forms, is what I'm saying to the audience, which is dance is big. Yes. Dance is extremely big. And it's important to show Shen Wei's work, you know, Chinese artists working mm-hmm. in New York. It's important to show Ronald K. Brown's work and Akram's work. And it's important to support Aboriginal choreographers who are just really coming up in Canada um, because really that's what the contemporary expression of dance is today yeah. in 2010. Yeah. And yeah. so that's what I'm after. Okay. Well, that's, that, this is such an interesting question, isn't it? I mean, it's, you could talk for hours on it, I know. And again, it's about balance, right? Yeah, I, can't, I don't is. feel like that I is. could do... I mean, I'm even sensitive to the fact of if I've got five companies from Series B, I want to make sure they're not all from France. Of course. You know, in a really, of course it sounds... But you say, of course, but I mean, yeah. that, you know, I could program... Absolutely. I could program... Com- there's enough companies in France or uh, in Flanders, in Belgium, or in Britain, that I could program a whole season. I've sure. got to be... I, I have to take that into consideration, something as basic as that. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Kathy, you've had lots of successes in the 10 years that you've been here. What are some of the ones that stand out for you? What are some of the great moments in your last decade? The day that Pina Bausch turned to me after <laughs> Mazurka Fogo and said, we'll be back. That was, to me, one of the greatest moments. <laughs> and then they came back three years later, which is great. Um, you know, I think one of the things that I've had the most uh, satisfaction doing uh, is watching the audience grow and and trust me a lot more. And at the same time, seeing artists who might come with a solo work, then come back with a group work, and then come back with a bigger group work, uh, if that's what the artist's trajectory, trajectory is, uh-huh. uh, is asking of them to do. Uh-huh. That, I think, is a huge success. Um, what about great I, moments in the theatre where you've got chills up the spine? Oh my gosh, there's been so many of those. 
uh, I mean, you know, I'm I'm so bad sometimes because I barely remember what we've done. I can only think of I can tell you everything I'm doing in eleven, twelve, or twelve, thirteen. I mean, I think you're so off. high on dance that you just you're just in a constant state yes, of stimulation. I maybe I mean, you know, bringing as much as the audience wasn't quite sure what to make of it, bringing Ana Teresa's Faza, one mm. of the first piece that she made with her dancing in it, mm-hmm. oh, was to me exquisite. Um, this is Ana Teresa de Kirsmaker, right? Yeah, a company yeah. called Rosas right. out of right. Belgium that, you know, Wonderful. that Yvonne Saint-Ange was bringing here yes, in the 80s. And this was an early, early piece that she remounted uh-huh. and danced in herself at her, you know, uh-huh. well into her late 40s. Just a, an essentially gorgeous piece. Not an easy piece, set to Steve Reich music. Yeah. Uh, absolutely loved that. Um, bringing Davant which was a co-production. I mean, to me, I can still feel the rush up my spine. This is a co-production between um, Le Balissé de la Baie, which was then Lard Bichakawi and Damien Gillette, and Sasha Waltz's company, um, Luke oh, Dunbury, yes. a Canadian uh, who's now living and dancing in, in Berlin, and his partner, um, Juan Cruz. The four men made this piece called Davant, which was based on early, early music. And I saw this piece at a showcase in Dusseldorf in Germany, and absolutely just was, my breath was taken away. In fact, I'll never forget the sort of embarrassingly funny moment where the minute the piece finished, I stood up, you know, in this 250-seat <laughs> hall. I stood up and was cheering, cheering, cheering. And I could hear all this cheering around me, only to then realize that people in Germany don't stand up. They stomp their feet. <laughs> and I had this moment of thinking, okay, do I sit down? No, because Larby will see me sitting down. And so I stood there, you know, my lo- the lone soldier, the, re- the Westerner amongst the Germans, cheering for this piece. And, and basically went up to the artists and probably almost obnoxiously said, okay, I'm, when are you coming? Get your calendar. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're <laughs> pack t- your okay, bags. You know, just pack your bags. And I just fought so hard to get that piece because it was a very tricky piece to bring. How fabulous. And I just knew, you know, I said, I said something to some friends that I have since repeated a few times, and that is, this is the kind of art I want in my life. And the fact that people came and cared about it and loved it as much as I did, mm. that was a high mm. point for me. Mm. And of course, you know, I, I know I can't do Devon all year, um, but that really was fantastic. And then to really, that was really one of the times when I really began to create a good relationship with C.D. Larby-Chakawi, who I think is just brilliant. Who is brilliant. an amazing artist. Amazing yes. artist and so versatile. I mean, look yeah. at the piece he'd made with Sutra and the, the piece oh. we're going to see this season with Cedar Lake. Very, very versatile artist. You know, and then his collaboration with Akram Khan, uh, yes. Zero Degrees, which I thought was yeah. also another huge high yeah. point in my life. Um, yeah. What about what about the disasters? Have there been some? Well, I think Forsyth was really hard on me. I mean, the okay. artists loved Forsyth, and the reviewer—I couldn't believe it. It was great. Like we had a Saturday Sunday, which was right in itself a very difficult thing. Uh-huh. But it was the only way we could do two shows of the of the group of the company. And Sunday shows in Ottawa are still a little bit uh, off the beaten track. Sunday shows are still a bit of a challenge for us, except for maybe the Nutcracker. So we had a Saturday, Sunday, and Saturday after the second piece, a lot of people left, and I was just devastated because I thought, no, no, stay for the last piece because the last piece was the one sort of Frankfurt Ballet type piece. And uh, the next morning on Sunday in the Sunday Citizen, the review was spectacular. Oh, how and so a whole bunch of people who phoned and, you know, complained about it said to me, oh, well, I did see the review, and so, you know, maybe I was wrong, but. Uh-huh. And I thought, oh, that was really interesting. But that was tricky for me. That uh-huh. was hard because I, I wanted people to care and I wanted people uh-huh. to love the piece. And so now, again, I'm much more sensitive to how I'll bring Forsyth back. That was hard. 
Um, Other disasters, funny things that have happened backstage? Oh, my God. Oh, lots, always lots of funny things that happened backstage. <laughs> Tony, Tony Ritzy was hysterical. Tony was a dancer with, it, still a guest artist, but was a dancer with Forsyth. And he had this um, really crazy piece that he made that I saw at a festival uh, once. And again, in a festival, you know, just to di- diverge here a little bit on this, in a festival, you can do a lot of things that you can't do in a season and vice versa. And one of the things you can do in a festival is show a lot of short works in and around some of the major works. It's hard for me to show a 45 minute work at five o'clock in the afternoon as a one off in a season. <laughs> yes. But in a festival, you can do that. So I saw Tony's piece. I just loved it. He's a crazy, crazy character, really out there. He's now dancing with Jan Fabra and Forsyth. And, you know, he's a, he's a huge character actor. And um, and he did this piece uh, where, you know, he gets pretty raunchy. And one night, uh, as much as we said, you know, when people asked, and we've gotten quite good at this, this is not for kids, someone brought a kid. <laughs> and instead of Tony just kind of ignoring that someone brought a kid, he basically started to talk to the parent during the oh. piece about the fact that the kid shouldn't be in the audience, you know, as he was getting naked. I mean, he didn't get naked because of the kid, but that was the scene in it. Right, in, in which he got, he got naked. naked. Anyways, that was like, oh, my God, stop. Did you want to crawl under your I seat? I did, but, you know, the parent kind of dealt with it really well, and that was fine. I mean, I got a sense also that the parent kind of knew that the choice that she was making was her choice, and... You know, so that was quite something. <laughs> Speaking of kids, one of the great high points also for me, and what, something I was a bit nervous about but worked really well, was when Jean-Claude Galota brought his piece Trois Générations. I don't know if you saw that. But this was a very interesting concept of a piece that he basically made the same piece, and I love this idea, uh-huh. on three different groups of dancers, seniors, some of whom were senior dancers and wow. some of whom were not, just they were yeah, senior they were movers, older dancers. Mm-hmm. Some who had danced with him, his own company, and mm-hmm. then these young kids. Oh, how wonderful. It was just beautiful. I actually brought my son to see it, one of my sons, and Uh loved it. Very Uh beautiful piece. Very touching, very moving, and people really, I thought, you know, stuck with it. Yeah. But, yeah, so my Tony Richard story (laughs) sticks out for sure. We've had a few of those. What what about the whole issue of the artist's temperament? I mean, you, you know, you deal with people who are very passionate and often very temperamental. Uh, you know, how, tell us some of the crazy stories. Well, we deal with people also who have a lot of handlers. You know, like yes. some of these temperamental artists have a lot of handlers. And then you realize when the artist gets here that, you know, for obviously good reasons, I'm not blaming the handlers. <laughs> they, they, they've had layers like an yeah. onion, you know, sort of built yeah. around them. And when yeah. they get here, they can actually be quite quite they, wonderful. They behave. They do. And they can be quite <laughs> wonderful. I can't remember a hissy fit that anybody would have thrown on us. Um you know, I certainly have had a couple of sticky negotiations, but I won't uh-huh. reveal those things because gosh, everybody's still living, <laughs> as am I. Uh, you know, there have been some tough ones. And, you know, I have an expression amongst my staff, and we we laugh a lot. I, this is actually an expression that I had during the dance festival, too, which is, you know, we, we, we have to be flexible, but don't show up with elephants when I don't know that there's no elephants. Like, right. this is what really, to <laughs> yes. me, is the limit. Like, yes. what do you mean there's elephants in the piece? Nobody told me there were elephants. I saw the piece, there were no elephants. So to me, that's kind of the limit. If somebody goes, you know, really out there and all of a sudden is putting huge demands on us that we had no idea about and that really, 
um, you know, obviously this is going to happen more in a creation than it will yeah, in something sure. that I've seen. You're going to have surprises. But you'll be surprised. Sometimes I see a piece and oops, that was only version one and version two has elephants. <laughs> and there's no way we can accommodate the elephants. So, you know, yeah. it's yeah. there are cer- certainly situations like that. And then there's situations where, you know, I get on the phone with somebody in another city and I say, so-and-so's asking me this. And they go, oh, really? Well, so-and-so's asking me that. And the so-and-so doesn't realize that A and B are actually talking. There's all kinds of stuff like that. I'm, I'm seeing you're being very careful about well, it. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> I think, these are I people think I work is, with. This is going to be in the book, <laughs> is it? <laughs> these are people I work with on an ongoing basis. Yeah. And let's face it, what they're trying to do is get the best possible situation yeah. for the artist. Yeah, sure. But, I mean, let's take a recent example. You know, I was absolutely committed to trying to bring Lloyd Newson's work back to Ottawa. DV8. The last time the company was here was many years ago. I had gone to see a few pieces. Lloyd is the kind of artist who says, I'm making a new piece. It's running for a year. Take it or don't take it. None of this coming to see it and see if you like it. Crap. Right. Absolutely against that whole thing. (laughs) Well, you know, I went to see a piece when I was in my former job. I went to see a piece that I'd already said yes to, as did a number of other presenters. The piece was not successful. And Lloyd somehow was convinced to bring an earlier work. First time he'd done this. We brought that piece. It was a huge success, both when I brought it to Harborfront and when my predecessor brought it to the NEC. So, but again, he went off and made other work. I saw the work. I wasn't as big a fan of it. And then I went to see this piece, To Be Straight With You, and I loved it. And I just thought, I have to bring this work. It's not an easy work. I have to bring it. And I spoke to him about it right after the show. He knew me. I was a bit nervous because he also knew that I hadn't brought the last two pieces. Yeah. So I was a bit nervous that he'd be a bit pissed, but he wasn't. He was great. And I said to him, this is the piece that I want to bring. I, I absolutely want to bring this. And he said, I'm gonna, I said, can, can you keep this piece going? Because it was in April, and I had heard that was it. And he said, you know what? I'm thinking about it. So that's just the fact that he agreed. Because he's, as I say, the kind of mm-hmm. guy, he does a piece for a season, on to the next one. Mm-hmm. But the piece meant so much to him that he agreed to keep it going. And so my colleague in Toronto, who was with me at the time, and I, agreed to bring it. And we brought it and I told my staff, this is not going to be easy. We're going to have to build some context around it. People really got on board. And it was, I think, Mm -hmm. one of the most important pieces of dance that I've brought. And Lloyd was amazing. And I was nervous because it's a subject that he's very close to. Um, You know, he lives this experience in his daily life. He is around artists who live um, in this experience, the experience, of course, being completely marginalized and in some cases persecuted for being homosexual or lesbian. So the fact that he even brought those topics to the fore, Mm -hmm. the fact that he dealt with, you know, some very taboo subjects like religion, particularly the Muslim religion, very racy and very difficult uh, um, topic. The fact that he did a lot of public discussion around it and agreed to use this, not as, you know, social uh, justice work, but that he used it as a way to have this conversation. Uh-huh. That to me, you know, more of that, bring it on. Because yeah. I think yeah. that that's an yeah. important part of art. And as much as art can be entertaining and soothing and uh, immersive, I think it also right. has to touch us and make us think. And Absolutely. so Lloyd which, was a big challenge. Which is something that dance does in a particular way. Eh? And I think that a, a lot of people who perhaps don't know dance don't necessarily appreciate that that side of it, the intellectual side and the, the you know, the social commentary side. I dance. think that dance, I agree with you, I think that dance can take on certain subjects mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in a way that maybe perhaps are more metaphorical and mm-hmm. more, um, not digestible, but 
more thoughtful, perhaps, because, uh, is it because there's no words? Is it because I, I think, it's more conceptual? I think in a way it's almost more provocative mm-hmm. because you're not being directed by text. Your, your mind is free to roam. Um, it's suggestible. This is one of the interesting things about Dance for Youth because when I was, was looking around to find Dance for Youth and how, how was I going to deal with this, I realized that a lot of choreographers were making Dance for Youth that actually was dance theater. Uh-huh. That it uh-huh. still needed text. Uh-huh. And the choreographers who were actually using movement to speak to young people were fewer and farther between. And that became a very interesting challenge because mm-hmm. not the text is wrong, but I was more curious about exploring dance for teenagers. Um, and I think that teenagers can handle not being directed Absolutely. every single Absolutely. step of the way uh-huh. and looking at things in a more abstract fashion and uh-huh. more conceptually. And they don't need to understand everything before yes. they go in. Yes. Um, and I think that uh, finding those projects and bringing high school kids to those projects um, has made me realize that, in fact, they're open to anything. We've got to be careful to not be the gatekeepers. We have yeah. to be respectful of being the gatekeepers. We have to be respectful that the schools don't want us showing them work. We don't. That the schools don't want us to bring them to Tony Ritzy. They don't want us to bring them to Tony Ritzy. Mm-hmm. It's not just the nudity. It's the – and I love Tony Ritzy. I don't mean to be you know bashing poor Tony. But they don't want us to bring them to work that is going to be so out there and so racy. And I have to respect that. But, you know, mm-hmm. when the kids started to come, when we started our youth focus group and we brought them to see the Youth Commission for Dance and we brought them to see a lot of stuff, the work that I was most nervous about them seeing, which at the time was Sidi Labrachakawi's work called Foie, oh, yes. which has a very disturbing scene in it about yes. a, a, a father abusing his daughter. Uh-huh. I was very worried about it. That was the work that those kids that talked they loved. about all year. It was their favorite piece on every single well, one of those kids' interesting. lists. And I thought to myself, Stop, Kathy. Just yeah. stop putting. Stop being the gatekeeper. Be respectful. There's of a the message student, in that. Be respectful of the parents. Yeah. Be respectful of the teachers. Yeah. But understand that these kids themselves, if I'm allowed by their adults, by the adults in their lives, to give them these opportunities, they're going to embrace mm-hmm. things that I can't even imagine them mm-hmm. embracing. Well, I was struck at how many young people were in the audience for Alain Platel really, last week. Eh? I was very struck by that. Yeah. Young meaning teenagers? Yeah. 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 Teenagers and young adults. And it was a very mixed audience. I was very pleased to see that. Yeah, me too. So so what's ahead for the next ten years? Where where are you gonna take us? And and where is dance leading us? Mm, very two very different questions. I mean, you know, in some ways I, I don't mean I, I want to continue doing what I'm doing and do more of it. Mm-hmm. I mean I think that we um you know, putting together a season, I mean some people think, oh, you just go to a <laughs> big festival and, you know, make I think, shopping list I think and that's we've it. seen in this discussion that that's not all there is right. to it. So I, I guess, you know, I want, to, I want to grow the season always. I mean, for me, I think that means more performances of the artists that I'm bringing. Mm-hmm. I want to grow the opportunities to show dance um, from different traditions. I mean, I think the whole tango, the nouveau tango mm-hmm. notion is really interesting. And and the response to tango has been very strong. And I love it. I think it's important that it's there. I'd love to be able to support more Aboriginal work as more Aboriginal contemporary dance is coming. You know, it's been a long time in this yeah. country that we haven't had yeah. really strong work. And it's really been starting over the last while. I really want to do more residencies and really support more artists, Canadian artists behind the scenes as much as I possibly can. Um, and 
you know, I think that Ottawa is going through a very interesting time in that there are also local artists who are really saying, no, no, I want to stay here. I want to build an audience here. You know, the changes that are happening with some of the local series. We want to work with uh, the choreographers here and we've we've met with them and, you know, and and create opportunities where we can where possible, support local artists who are committed to staying here, Mm -hmm. which doesn't necessarily mean that all of a sudden they're going to be on our series, but that we can make sure that our audiences know the importance of the local community. And, you know, because people need to stay here and need to put down roots here and need to have opportunities here. Um, So those are things... I, I would like to do more collaborations uh, with with music. I'd like to do more celebrations around artists. You know, we've had a wonderful time doing the homage that we did to Marie Chouinard, the one that I did at the dance festival for Edward Locke. Of course, we did oh, one for Jean-Pierre Perrault yes. after he passed. Um, I think celebrating our artists in ways where we put a huge focus on their work is really interesting. I would like very much, and you were going to laugh about this because it's something you and I have talked about, um, you know, 2013 is the 100th anniversary of Le Sacre de Printemps. <gasps> I mean, I think that that's an opportunity to discuss. I think that um, these Can things, I order my tickets right away? <laughs> <laughs> I think that these are all ways to not get locked into, okay, this year I'm doing a theme about countries and this year I'm doing a theme about this, but to use these... Um, either, you know, ambassadorial or political or artistic anniversaries and opportunities to put a focus on artists. I mean, one of the most important things an artist has ever said to me in my career is when Edward Locke said to me, thank you for paying homage to me while I'm still alive to enjoy it. <laughs> you know, and I think How, that that's right. I think we have to do that too. We that's have, rather poignant, isn't it? It is. And that was yeah. when, he, when he was celebrating his 20th anniversary. Now, yeah. of course, he's celebrating his 30th. Yeah. So those are the kinds of things, the way to kind of do what I like to call enhancement to to do the programming, but to continue to make for our audience and for our local community the connections and the experience that both deepens their understanding and relationship and embracing of what they see on stage, but also um, their their exposure to the influence, albeit in a small milieu, the enormous influence mm-hmm. these artists have had on our art form. Mm-hmm. Well, Kathy, I think I can speak for all your audience in in thanking you for bringing us such richness in the last decade. And long may you continue to do that. Thank you very much, Barbara. Let's see it go on for a long time. (laughs) Thank you very, very much. I I, I certainly am looking forward to the next decade. Okay. Thanks, Kathy. Thank you. That's all for this edition of NAC Dance Podcast. Please send us your comments and questions. You can email us at nacpodcast at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Don't forget you can subscribe to this and other NAC podcasts by visiting nacpodcast.ca. There you will find past episodes, subscription links, and instructions on how to subscribe. You can also find us as a free subscription in the podcast section of the iTunes Music Store. Until next time, this is Larry Evans saying goodbye from Canada's NAC Dance.